the property pod. 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 pod welcome to the property pod with moneyweb the property sector is an ever-changing sector and in this podcast series your host suren naidu chats to movers and shakers in the property industry hello and welcome to the property pod south africa's premier property investor podcast we are continuing our tourism month theme on the podcast this week and are talking tourism and hospitality with another industry leader. My name is Suren Naidu and on this weekly podcast show we gain insider insights from leading property industry CEOs, directors, analysts, developers and entrepreneurs. Of course, uh, a part of the property industry is the tourism industry and hotel and resort sector. Our guest on the pod this week is Lindiwe Sangweni Sedo, the Chief Operating Officer of JSE-listed City Lodge Hotel Group. The group brought out much better results for its latest financial year last week, showing a continued recovery in the sector. We are not talking pure results with Lindiwe, but we'll get some of her insights on the tourism and hospitality sector and City Lodge's plans for the future in terms of operational excellence and growth. Welcome to the Property Pod, Lindiwe. Thank you very much, Siren. I feel really honored to be on your show. And uh, hello to all those listening out there. Looking forward to the chat. First off, just a little bit of uh, insight into who is Lindiwe Sangweni Sedo. How long have you been at City Lodge in the COO role and what did you do before that? Have you always been in the hotel and tourism sector? Yes, so I've been in the tourism sector since I went to hotel school in 1986. Wow. So I'm one of the the old Magogos or the Doyens as they would call them. Um, My time with uh, City Lodge Hotel Group started in 2015 as an operations director where I was responsible for a portfolio of about 12, 13 hotels alongside other colleagues. We have 59 hotels, as you know. We had at one point 63, and then we offloaded those in East Africa. Uh, Nonetheless, my role as chief operating officer began five years ago. So from 2018 until today, I've been the chief operating officer, including the favorite uh, pandemic years which I think really uh, took us through our test of time. (laughs) We'll get to the pandemic in a moment, but I was going to joke about it. You were in the hot seat in probably the most challenging time in the industry. Absolutely. What excites you about tourism and hospitality and uh, perhaps share a little bit of your expectations of the industry going forward because it seems to be back on the up. Yeah, I mean, at a personal level, I've always loved the hospitality industry just because it involves people, um, it involves travel, um, people coming in internationally into South Africa or domestic travel. What happened during the pandemic, I think, was the awakening or the reawakening of the domestic and especially the leisure market. And that's where, you know, we all came to understand and realize how important every country, I would imagine this was a realization for every country, that you've got to have a very well-established and well-bedded domestic and particularly leisure market. Because we say during the weekend, over the weekend, those individuals are relaxing and having a good time. But during the week, they are probably doing business. And so the same individual transforms and becomes that business person. 
So, um, you know, I'm mixing my response in that I personally have always enjoyed working with people, working with travelers, working with guests, and people also goes and extends to the people who work for us. Coming back to our tourism industry, um, I think right now what is exciting, Seren, is the recovery. You know, three years ago, we were in the depths of you know, a pandemic that we never anticipated or even imagined, not in our wildest dreams. But coming of it, we were able to begin to understand what a recovery plan looks like. The first to come online was the leisure market that brought us back to life once the restrictions started being lifted. It took a long time for the international market to come back because, remember, there were all those restrictions about COVID, vaccinations, etc., and so we had to really, as a South African, as South Africa incorporated, become very self-reliant and look inwards. Uh, shortly after the leisure market, of course, there were the essential travelers. There was government that started working and moving around. And before we knew it, SMMEs were back also on, on track and corporates who were really more sort of a latent arrival after the pandemic, really due to the fact that they were now discovering and had discovered hybrid, you know, work from home or from, you know, split between working at home and the office, we saw the corporate market come back a little bit slower. So we're now back nicely. Um, I can say that um, when we look at South Africa as a whole, uh, the statistics tell us that 4 million arrivals between January and June 2023 were recorded. And this is good news. And why do we say that? Given that last year, we had 5.8 million arrivals for the entire year. So, you know, that in itself just demonstrates that we are now on a really great uh, growth trajectory. I'm going to catch you off the cuff here. You talked about domestic tourism, City Lodge plays in the middle to upper market. It's, uh, you know, I know you deal with the uh, uh, business uh, travelers, but uh, Majaji Ramawela was our guest last week and she talked about domestic tourism growing and the importance. But you're talking 4 million arrivals now. Does the industry go back to how it operated and maybe perhaps taking the domestic tourism industry for granted and really wanting international tourists more than anything? What's your comments on that? Yeah, and uh, I, I didn't listen to Matsatsi, a very good friend of mine. I would want to say we maybe underestimated the ability of the leisure market if we focused on it. And really what we did was to evaluate how we could, first of all, attract that leisure market. So remember that uh, we have these beautiful brands from one star all the way to four star. So we're able to be attractive to different um you know, um, LSMs, I would say, in, in out there. Um, and so you're sort of like, there was a lot of pent up, um, you know, what do we call it? You've been holed up and everyone had been indoors and COVID restrictions had given people COVID fever, as we called it. So there was this pent up um, demand, which was the first part that really demonstrated to us that there was a great potential. Once we were able to also de demonstrate, and not just City Lodge, but I think the entire industry, that also our rate had to also be adjusted and manage the fact that there are different budgets out there. So, you know, if you have a one-star product, which I must tell you is, a, we call it basically brilliant. It's a brilliant road lodge, a beautiful clean room with a lovely shower. We serve breakfast, lunch and dinner. So you're able to now take care of a whole family 
or a group of individuals who might want to be traveling together, all the way to your four star where maybe you have uh, your pleasure client. And that also became quite interesting, Siren. So your, your families who had, uh, you know, people who are in business wanting to travel with the children who maybe are on Easter holiday and they could combine business and pleasure at the same time. And we quickly named that pleasure because we recognized now that there was actually a latent leisure market out there. So with some really great specials, we introduced the Warza weekend. Every Friday was this wonderful, you know, beautiful rates you could get in any of our brands, Road Lodge, Town Lodge, City Lodge, Courtyard, and really also understand the, the power of the leisure market. So yes, I think we underplayed our attention and now City Lodge doesn't really also concentrate on international so much. So that in itself became a new lesson. In our recovery plan, international market is one of our focuses. We would never have not necessarily looked at it as a significant market segment, given that our mainstay came from the domestic market as City Lodge. But we've recognized the importance of an, a diversified market segmentation. Thank you for that, Lindy Ware. COVID, as we mentioned earlier, hit the industry arguably hardest compared to some of the other sectors. At City Lodge, I see uh, your results. The CEO, Andrew, uh, said the group is now trading, or not trading, but occupancy levels are now at pre-COVID levels. Can you share some insights on how the group is doing operationally and what are some of the innovations you've implemented from an operational side to boost growth and profitability? I'll start with your last bit of the question first, because while we were sitting holed up in our offices or at our homes working and trying to get our business back, we're talking about every single hotel being closed. We called it TSOS, temporary suspension of services. We only had a few hotels operating as repatriation hotels or a few taking care of essential workers like security guards, etc., who were traveling around the country. So coming back out of that, I think the fact that Andrew, our CEO, has already indicated that we are now back to pre-COVID numbers. The first highlight is that if you just look at last year, we're now we've recorded 56.1% ending June for the year compared to 37.5% last year. So that's a significant increase. One of the key aspects also is that our revenue, um, which includes accommodation, food and beverage and other services, we've closed at 1.7 billion, which is 55% up on last year. Now that is significant. And one of the key drivers that was an innovation was the introduction of food and beverage. We realized during COVID that people didn't want to be out there foraging for food. They wanted everything under one roof. They're now in a hotel, they've sanitized, it's clean, it's comfortable, they're safe. Now, to suggest that they must go out and look for lunch and dinner was not really um, what they were looking for. So we quickly converted our breakfast-only offering in our road lodges and our town lodges to a fully-fledged eat-in, we call it, eat-in offering. So you could have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Just in the last year alone, Siren, we have recorded a 17% contribution of top revenue of that $1.7 Seventeen percent of it was driven by food and beverage, and that demonstrated to us 
how when you sit down and you innovate and you think differently and you also respond to the guest, listen to the guest. Some of the things that we've done have really demonstrated it. And with food and beverage also comes incremental occupancy as well. Because remember, historically, city lodges and road lodges and town lodges, we're not really known for food and beverage. We were known for great breakfast, great room, uh, great shower. And so now we are really fully fledged two feet deep in food and beverage. So that and then the other innovations, which we had started before COVID, was the rollout of our sustainability program, which includes, you know, um, your boreholes, your solar panels to augment our energy, uh, especially in light of uh, load shedding and the challenges that we face with energy um, and just even the cost of energy. So we um, had already started, um, we had 25 hotels pre-COVID and we have a program that by the you know end of this financial year, we anticipate that up to 40 of our hotels will have had a full installation of uh, solar panels. Um, and then we've also started, you know, now with water scarcity and some of the municipalities, we've also recognized that uh, installation of boreholes is also quite an important aspect. So we've introduced that and that is also currently part of our expansion program. We also, Seren, you know, during COVID, we put a halt on a lot of our refurbishments, you know, uh, the things that always suffer, your refurbishments and your renovations and marketing. And, you know, so we've got a really big capex that has been approved by our board in excess of 367 million. And this is going to play a big part in sort of just repositioning ourselves in terms of the investment of modernizing some of our hotels. So we have about 10 hotels that are going to get a really beautiful overhaul. And then um, included in that will also be our ongoing maintenance programs of our hotels. So, I mean, these are all exciting developments. City Lodge VNA, as an example, is already halfway with its renovation of 207 hotels. It's going to look stunning, uh, modern. Sorry, you said 207 hotels. Is that rooms? Uh... Rooms, sorry. 207 rooms at the City Lodge Hotel VNA. So that is Victorian Alfred. Thank you for that. That hotel, I've stayed there and it's good, but uh, I'm sure it will be welcome, the, the renovation there, considering its uh, prime location. I'm glad you stayed there. I'd love you to go back and see what it looks like uh, by the end of October, November when we're done. So you said 350 million rand capex. You sub me a little bit. Um, that was my next question around what the spending plans are. So thank you for that. But is it purely on revamps? There's no new hotel openings or anything like that planned in the near future. Yeah. So so the the 367 million is a combination of a number of projects. 280 million of that will go into full refurbishments and soft refurbishments. We don't have any new hotels on the cards. We've called this our time of um, consolidation and recovery. So we just want to focus on our existing properties and make sure that um, you know these properties are up to scratch. You'll remember during the pandemic, we actually opened a new hotel. Yes. Uh, we had it already on the cards, the Courtyard Waterfall in Midrands. You know, that was our newest baby. And we opened that one during the, the, the pandemic. So going forward, it's the refurbishments. And then the, the rest will be spent on 
IT CapEx, um, significant um, upgrades in our IT generally, and then a significant amount up to, you know, 23 million will be on sustainability and business continuity. So like I mentioned, the solar panels, the water, the boreholes, the water tanks, uh, just bolstering that whole environment of being far, far much more sustainable. And again, always with the objective of giving our guests a seamless stay and a nice uh, seamless um, uh, feeling of never anticipating whether there's going to be electricity or no electricity or whether there's going to be Wi-Fi or no Wi-Fi. So we do our best uh, to, to do that. <laughs> Thanks for that, Lindy. Just the last question, it should actually end on a negative note, but uh, you're talking about your proactive steps, but I, I have it as what keeps you up at night? Uh, what are the biggest challenges facing the tourism industry from your perspective, would you say? Look, I think the reality is which none of us can really uh, run away from, uh, you know, that continue to keep us up at night would be the load shedding. Um, the country has seen quite a lot of impact of what load shedding can do. Fortunately, we've always had all the sort of infrastructure that's required, especially generators. But even with that, the growing costs, you know, just generator costs in themselves, you know, went up by nearly four, you know, fourfold in terms of our spend uh, on generator diesel. So, you know, load shedding keeps us up at night, but we believe that, you know, with all the, you know, projects that we have in terms of our environmental sustainability program, we'll be able to uh, ride that you know, period until government is able to stabilize the environment. Um, the other, of course, would be safety and security, which is a big conversation that the industry is having. I've just come back from the tourism leadership conference, which took place last week, where all the fraternity, the entire sorority and fraternity of social of um, tourism had met. And we had, you know, uh, government uh, as well as the private sector really debating what is going to be done about safety and security and the assurances that our tourism minister gave us in terms of some of the conversations that are happening and actions of how to make tourist action areas far much more safer uh, came up. We do have work there, um, but again, it doesn't stop us from doing what we do. We always make sure our own, own hotels are safe and that our infrastructure gives guests that feeling of um, once you're in, feeling safe, and our locations are also beautiful locations. But nonetheless, we are part of the bigger tourism picture. And so we're always making sure that we use all platforms where we have a voice, like the Tourism Business Council of South Africa, which is one of our association, really play a role in making sure our voice gets heard, especially with government. So um, those are some of the things, uh, Suren, that are of a concern. But other than that, you know, we, we never know now. We've seen the pandemic. We never know what other unknowns the world will throw at us. But we hope that our business continuity programs and our ability to now understand what can happen has also sharpened us in looking at our risks and managing our risks in a far much more uh, proactive manner. Um, some things you can never foresee. You know, we can't foresee floods and we can't foresee uh, many of the other natural disasters that can take place. But when they do come, I think we've become resilient and we've uh, shown that uh, we uh, the passion that we have to drive our businesses, especially the people on the ground. I mean, our people are just amazing. And they demonstrated the greatest uh, courage and resilience in the times that we came. And we're now beginning to reap the benefits of that. 
Ndiwe, you're right. Uh, you just look at the earth, recent earthquake in uh, Morocco. So sad situation mm. there, but it's, uh, you know, it's impacted their tourism industry. Lindiwe, it was a pleasure having you on the property pod. Thanks so much for your time. That was Lindiwe Sangweni Sado, COO of JSC Listed City Lodge Hotel Group. Thanks for listening to the MoneyWeb Property Pod with Suren Naidu. To listen to more episodes, go to moneyweb.co.za or the MoneyWeb app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates. Follow Suren on Twitter at Suren Naidu for more of his property industry content and other business stories. The Property Pod. Pod.